Right now, let's talk a little Utah Jazz basketball with the radio voice of the Jazz. Uh, joining us on the Sprint special guest line, get $100 off the registered Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, David Locke. What's up, David? Not much. How are you? Good, good. I hear you're joining us from uh, the uh, sunny Florida. Uh, it is rainy and gross and humid and awful in Orlando, Florida. I have not been to Orlando, Florida in the summer since WNBA days, and I know why. <laughs> it all still makes sense. <laughs> Wait, yeah, there, you know, it's interesting. Like when I was a WNBA play-by-play announcer, I used to think Houston was the worst city in America. And now that I'm an NBA play-by-play announcer, and I go to Houston in January and December, and it's 60 degrees, I think it's one of the neatest cities in America. Hmm. Well, Orlando's not very good either time of the year, but that's all right. You don't uh, enjoy the uh, the entertainment uh, options there in Orlando? Uh, it's not why I'm here, so I'm not taking them in. But I will say that when I got off the plane, I literally thought I was going to puke. <laughs> like, the heat was so oppressive that when I got off the plane, I, I like had a stomachache and thought I was going to puke. Didn't that area used to be like a swamp or something, or is that Gainesville? I don't know. It's all the same. All the swamp. Uh, Yeah. I don't know, but one of the more interesting things I ever did was I drove from, I wonder where it was exactly, maybe New Orleans to Atlanta, probably. So for uh, this was on my baseball trip in 1990. Um, And you drive through, and there's like literally like the freeway is going over alligators Hmm. and crocodiles. Like, it's crazy. Well, David, uh, first chance we've had to talk to you since the schedule came out. Uh, what, I guess, initially jumped out at you? The um, Well, the first thing that jumped out to me was that I just think the league's done an incredible job. Um, they've just gotten so much better at um, how they do this and what they, what they are. In fact, um, I, I played this. I actually inserted this in my podcast today, but on Full 48 – Howard Beck had the guys who made the schedule on and, and they shared something I thought was really interesting that, so if you think about it, there's 30 times 29 combinations for back-to-backs. And then they have every single back-to-back now coded either red, yellow, or green. And so red is anything with more than one time zone and they eliminate that. And then yellow now they have are ones with difficult travel. So one of which that I didn't, so Portland to Denver is now a red as is, L.A. to Denver, and they shared a few others that they're just too, um, those are too long. And so they, and they also chart how long it takes you from the arena to the airport as part of the equation on every single one of them. Hmm. So they've really done a pretty remarkable job of the level of detail they're getting to um, on this schedule. I thought ours seemed really fair. I didn't see anything that looked dreadfully awful. Um, We have two back-to-backs that are, West to East, which are far worse than the others. Um, but otherwise, you know, and those are both early. So I thought the schedule looked really pretty fair. Um, no awesome road trip, no terrible road trip, which we had the opposite last year. We had like the single greatest road trip of all time last year ever to be matched. If I remember correctly, it was like a DC to New York to Atlanta to like, to like some, I mean, it was like incredible. And then we had another, it was Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland and something else. So, um, you know, it was, um, I, I, just, I don't know, I just thought it was fair. And I thought, we, hey, we got a break. We got the Clippers twice early. Maybe Paul George doesn't play, and we have the Warriors four times before Clay Thompson will be back. 
David, I wanted to ask you how long you think it'll take the Jazz to uh, feel comfortable with one another. We've talked with you about that before, but I heard you talking to some of the other guys, I think yesterday or the day before, where you uh, were, I think you were talking about the Nuggets, and you were talking about how overrated a certain term is uh, as it pertains to collectiveness and, and all that. I can't remember what term it was. So I don't, I don't believe in continuity. Continuity, that's it. Explain that to our uh, listeners, will you? So... I don't believe in continuity because the same team that leaves is not the same team that comes back. I, I believe in continuity if we never stop the season. But when you leave in March or May, excuse me, um, or April, you leave now for five or six months. Your contract flips over. You have people talking to you the entire time. And you come back to that first day of training camp, be it OTAs in September or training camp in late September, with a different expectation on that season, thinking you're a different person than you were when you left. I mean, the best example of this at all is Rodney Hood returning the year after Gordon Hayward left. Like, he was not the same guy at all. He had different expectations. He was a free agent. He wanted more. He was grumpy. He's just a totally different person. He was completely out of his norm. Now, I look at Denver, and Malik Beasley played an awful lot last year and was really good, shot 44% from three and did a lot of good things because Gary Harris was hurt. Well, Gary Harris is really, really good. And if he comes back, he's going to play 32 minutes a night. And I'll promise you, Malik Beasley is not okay with 16 minutes a night. Uh, guys have been talking to him in the offseason and uh, how good he is, and he's heard all of it. And, and that's, and, and so there's a, I, and I think if you actually follow it, you know, we started slowly last year. Boston was a mess last year with their continuity. There were about two or three other teams last year who had this great level of continuity, and it doesn't work. I don't believe in it. And the other thing is no differently than. Um, a lot of circumstances I think you see in real life, um, and probably, I hate to say it, but marriage is maybe the best example of this. And that is that your spouse can do something that's just not a big deal, but when she's done it for the 23rd time, or he's done it, for the, it bothers you. And it's not that you don't like that person. It's not that they, it just bugs you. Again? So, you know, if we use an example for us, when Donovan Mitchell drove the lane and Derek Favors' guy cut him off again because he wasn't guarding Derek Favors for three, he's not, he's not mad at Derek Favors. He doesn't not like Derek Favors. But, boy, he's tired of running into Derek Favors' guy on a drive again. And I think that that's where sometimes this idea of continuity is actually not a positive. You're so aware of everyone's negatives. You're so aware of what their drawbacks are. And you and you aren't comfortable going back into the same role you had the year before. So I, I don't buy continuity. And so and the track, and by the way, and the numbers back it up. And so the, this whole idea of a team that has some newcomers coming in, being against the, uh, the, you know, the eight ball a little bit, that's overrated as well because everyone's having to put things back together. Yeah, I think so. And I also think these guys are good. Right? So – you know, are Russell Westbrook and James Harden going to have to figure it out? Sure, but, like, what does that really mean? Like, like, figure it out. Like, they're both, like, world-class scorers. Like, what are they going to have to figure out? Like, they're going to be all right. Like, is, is Russell Westbrook going to have to figure out how to play in the rhythm of the game a little differently without bringing it up every single time? Sure. But, like, I'm, he's probably pretty open to it, and it's not, not that, you know, it's not rocket science. You know, is Bojan Bogdanovic going to have to learn a little something different and Joe Ingles have to learn how to play off him? And sure, and they're going to have to learn Rudy's picks? Sure. So should they get better maybe as the year goes on? Yeah, but they're not going to be, like, broken to start. And, and 
you know, I think you might see it late in games when guys aren't quite sure what to do. But over a course of 48 minutes, I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's that big a deal. David Locke is with us on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, maybe this is an easy question, maybe it's not. But I, I want to ask you uh, this question because you literally get to watch the Jazz play every team in the league. If you could only go to one game here at Vivint Smart Home Arena next year uh, to watch the Jazz play, who would you want their opponent to be? Mm. That's a really interesting question. One team. I only get to watch one team. So I put out my list of 10, and I included Atlanta, which everybody was surprised by. But, like, Atlanta's really – like, I love Trey Young and Kevin Herter and all that. Oh, they're fun. But that wouldn't, be my, that wouldn't be my one team. But, I mean, it does come – it's high on my list, frankly, as a team to watch. Um, maybe Milwaukee, just to see Giannis. I think he's, he's that good. Um, he only comes once a year. Um, I think most guys have seen have seen LeBron by now, um, and this version of LeBron's not as great as the first one. Um, yeah, let's go with Milwaukee. Be honest. So let me ask you a sort of a related question: Which team, if the Jazz are playing this team four times, which team are you most interested in seeing? multiple times uh, any evolution as far as that particular competition goes? So I think um, so the two teams that in the Western Conference I really don't have a grasp on are the Lakers and the Rockets. Um, and only because I'm not sure what they're going to be defensively. I think there's a chance that both of them could be awful defensively. And if they're awful defensively, then they're in tr- then then those teams are in, in trouble. Um, and so I would be intrigued to watch them uh, multiple times. The other one is Philadelphia, who I just don't have any idea how that's going to work. We play them twice early. Um, you know, I don't know who in close games is going to make plays. I don't know who's going to be able to score on them either. Um, so that would be that would be another one that's intriguing to me. What is the, I guess, uh, big move this summer that you're really looking forward to seeing play out? What what really interests you out of all the movement we've seen in the offseason? I mean, I think Mike Conley is the Jazz, actually. Hmm. Um, and for two reasons. One is, I don't think we know how good Mike Conley is. Right, He's always been really, really good, borderline all-star, with no help around him. I mean, his wing players have been Tony Allen and like Tayshawn Prince and Rudy Gay and O.J. Mayo. I mean, he hasn't had any help, right? He played with two bigs for most of his career in, um, in Zach Randolph and Marcus Soul. So he didn't have a lot of room. So this is like the first time he's playing with a space floor. And then, he, you know, by the end, Gasol wasn't the same player. So, so to me, that's the first one I would say is I'm, I'm very interested in that. Um, and, and honestly, if I'm just being totally honest, the other question I don't know, and, and, is, and I just don't know, and I, I don't think this is the case, but there's a minor chance that Ricky Rubio is really terrible. Mm. Like, really, really detrimental to your team. And that the Jazz survived not because of his heart, and his incredible locker room presence and his kind of amazing, how hard he plays and all those soul elements, but actually in spite of him. Like, it, 
if I take my heart out of Ricky Rubio, so I like Ricky a great deal. I find him an interesting human. I know how important he was to his teammates. I know that generally his heart was in a really good place when he played. Um, that you know all those things. So when I analyze him, that is the overriding thing. But if I become non-emotional and just become analytical and analyze the move from Ricky Rubio to Mike Conley, like there's a chance the Jazz have gone from a mid to low level backup to a high to elite level starter at that position. That's a really interesting comment, David. That's fascinating to think about. I mean, if, if I'm being hypercritical and I'm being hypercritical about Ricky Rubio, I don't think he's ever proven he should be a starting point guard in the NBA. I want to sneak one more question in real quick. Austin's going to get mad at me, David, but I, I'm really curious to know how you feel about this. In a competitive context, how important is positivity? Because you've been around teams that have been probably really positive and teams that maybe have been a little on the negative side or at least elements have been that way. And when I think of Mike Conley, I think of positivity. How big of an effect does that have on a team that is going to have some undulations no matter how high the expectations are for it? Well, this is where, like, if we're we're coming off a Ricky Rubio conversation where you have to give Ricky Rubio great value, right? Like, his teammates love to come to work with him every day. Right, so Chris Paul's a million times better than Ricky Rubio, and Chris Paul's the biggest A, you know what, on the planet. And the stories out of the Clippers land of many years ago seem really clear now, right? We'd heard all the rumors that Doc Rivers couldn't practice that team because they hated each other so much that they couldn't get in a gym together. So he just had them come to games. Um, well, you know what, after Chris Paul then evidently hated everybody in Houston, maybe that's actually true. But you know, so I think there is great value. The way I would phrase it is to have the Ricky Rubios of the world and hopefully Mike Conley's of the world, which create an environment in which you want to go to work every day. Um, and that's what the Jazz have had the last years is the guys liked each other so much they would just hang around the gym. There was a moment in, in two days last year where the coaches were like walking through the gym telling guys to go home because they had to come back, but they hadn't seen each other in so long that they wanted to hang out more. So I think that's really important in, in one sense. But let's be honest. We saw in the playoffs last year that according to all reports, two teams played each other, one of which got along so badly that the players reportedly, not clear whether it's true, I mean, Chris Paul came out and said it wasn't true, but they then traded him, that in which the Rockets players were seemingly feuding, and we saw it on the floor in the next series, and against the Jazz players who got along beautifully, and it wasn't close. So it's nice, but if you don't get along and you're really talented, that's okay too. David, as long as you're in Orlando, I think you should like go to the beach a little bit, or maybe go get a stone crab or something. Well, I, Orlando's like, like Orlando's to... not a coastal city. That's true. Jake. You'd have to go to Tampa Bay or something, I guess, which right. wouldn't be that far. So but but you're beach, still in going Florida. Going to the beach is going to be really hard. <laughs> I'm just trying to say you don't. You, you're working. I know why you're there, and and uh, I I know what you're doing. But as if, if you're in Florida, shouldn't you try to enjoy it a little bit? No, I should take the first possible flight out on Friday morning so I can get home to ride in Friday afternoon in Park City. Fair enough. By the way, it's been beautiful weather-wise here. Just saying. I had on Monday, I'm a one for superlatives, but I had what I think is my most favorite. It was 
a kind of a cool contemplative and poor Tony and Austin can attest to this because they got me on the backside of it. I had what I think was the most enjoyable mountain bike ride I've ever had on Monday. Um, it was so beautiful, so clear. The temperatures were great. Nobody was out. It, it's it, in, you know, I, I have a tendency to be a little superlative, but that to me was maybe the best 23 miles on my mountain bike of pure, utter bliss. And if I'm not mistaken, was it not your birthday as well? It was. So that I thought the most, the funniest part though, to be if here, Gordon's known me long enough and hopefully he'll laugh about this. So Gordon, I'm literally sitting. <laughs> I don't know why I think this is so funny. I don't know if it's going to come across. So I was literally climbed up to like 2000 feet up and got to this like little peak on pine cone that before the top where I like, where it's really gorgeous. You know, looking over the whole Valley and I'm sitting there being completely contemplative about like life and being 49 years old. God, that's terrible. <laughs> and like all the great things in my life. And I'm thinking about the friendships I have and people that are in my life that intellectually stimulate me and just the great things I have in my life. And then I realized, and I'm doing this while sitting by myself, having invited nobody to come on this ride with me, having not spoken to another person for three hours. I'm like, well, I'm not sure how this works, but maybe those people aren't that good of friends if I'm on my birthday and I'm by myself. <laughs> those two concepts are a bit in conflict, I'd say. <laughs> yes. So, but I think you know me well enough to know that I have always been a little bit of a loner at heart when it all comes to it. Yeah, but the fact that you can stop and appreciate that kind of beauty is uh, is pretty important. I'd say so. Good on you. No, it was, it's great. We live in a we live in a wonderful, wonderful place. If you're having a bad day, just realize you could be in Orlando in August. <laughs> well, happy birthday, buddy! <laughs> Thanks as always for coming Thanks. on. Thanks, David. Let's talk to you soon, David Locke. By the way, Mr. Geography over there. Well, I've been to Orlando, and we went to the beach, the beach on the trip. The beach is like the closest beach. is like 50 or 60 miles away. I know. We drove to Daytona Beach when we were the when I visited Orlando as a kid. So it's Florida. There's there's beaches in Florida. That's how I, I was trying New to tell Smyrna David Smyrna Beach that. is 55 and a half miles away. Daytona Beach is, you should know this since you went there, 55.8 miles that's like an hour. That's probably that's an hour drive. Lies. It's like an hour drive, man. Come on. Oh wait, there's a beach here. Canaveral National Seashore is 40 miles, so we're getting close. Okay, how far is a beach from Salt Lake City? <laughs> well, right out here, uh, you know, Great Salt Lake. All you gotta do, lovely beach. All you gotta Just do is lovely. look up on the mountain. Look up on the mountain to the east. And you can see the old beach line where Lake Bonneville And was. that counts. Oh, yeah. It's a late. want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond <laughs> offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water. Plus, no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off 515 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. David, you're in Omaha. Why don't you head on over to the beach while you're there? It's 50 miles. It's an hour's drive. You know what? If I were in Orlando and had a free afternoon, I'd go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, but to get to a decent beach, it's... it's An hour. You it, said 55 it, miles to the Daytona yeah, Beach, but, which is lovely. Yeah, but it's not a freeway all the way up to the beach. you got all kinds of traffic to fight. Do you? Got, and, and that's the way the crow flies. It's not necessarily Do you, General miles. Gridlock? You know the, you know the traffic patterns <laughs> of, of Central Florida? That's something that you know? <laughs> General Gridlock. <laughs>
Stay tuned. <laughs> Brings back memories, man. More Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.